This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Are you ready to be fucked, man? Providing insight. It kind of sounds like some kind of howler monkey. Commentary. It's a vaginal lead-up. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. And now... Gutterball. Okay, I'm just so tickled to be here, Brad. It's no exciting. I love it. I look forward to it all the time. You would think, you know, 80 hours into this, the excitement might start to wane, but there's so much. We might need two episodes for this minute, Brad. This minute is insane with it's the amount of stuff in it. fucking insane, It goes man. through a lot. Ugh. A lot. Man. Like, sometimes we're stuck in these minutes where it's just, like, the same, like, milieu for five minutes straight. This is, like, well, it's all the same setting. Like, a lot of different things happen. It's And it's one shot. I don't, one. I don't mean to just dive right in yeah, so quick sure, like that. Yeah, one shot. It's one shot. It's one shot. And I don't know how long it goes on with this one shot, but there's just so much happening. Like in the limo, because we were stuck in that limo for a long time. You know, it was like, uh, what was what was the other scenario? They were in the car approaching the bridge for a long yes, time. that was a long time. Long time. They were in the bathroom for a long time. But there was stuff going on there. There's just, you know, we could only talk about those weird lights in the background <laughs> for so long before maybe we start to rehash things a bit. But this, man, there is shit everywhere. I just... I don't even know where to begin. Well, we can start by revisiting. We could start by revisiting. And, and like, compliment and congratulate everybody who's uh, given answers to the quiz so far. Like, your your names have been thrown into the hat. Yep, we've gotten 178 responses so far. So you still have a good chance of winning right. that T-shirt. Good chance, give or take 178. So, yeah, real good chance. Then real, real, real nice chance. <laughs> oh, revisits! I have so many. I feel like we didn't talk about Bradley. Yes. The. F- fact that the big Lebowski says he will not abide another toe. Yes, we mentioned it at the end of last week, but we felt it was kind of like it was something that we didn't we didn't get to till the very end. It was like, all right, we got to front load an episode with this because this is a just a hugely important moment. It's right? hugely important. The way that you know, the dude takes takes things that he hears and things that he experiences and internalizes them, and then they come, like, like rolling, like, stumbling, bumbling back out of his mouth. And he sparrots them back out later. But this one, in particular, is much, much later. Can you remind me, sparrot? What is that? That's a portmanteau of what two words? Um... It, Parroting, where parrots hear words, like maybe you talk shit about 
your mother or right. something, and maybe you have a parrot, but it just hears the words and says, Mom, what a bitch, right? Give me a cracker. <laughs> and then it's uh, not, I never did that, of course, but, and then, I don't know, I think just speaking, although that's not a very good. Uh, no, I remember now, I had to hear you talk about the parrot to get, because I knew it was parrot, it's sponge. Sponge, right, he's a sponge. he soaks things up like a sponge. And then parrots, and then them, back parrots out. them back out. Right, sponge. He's a sparrot. He's a sparrot. Well, everyone's a sparrot in this, right? And that's oh, the yeah. whole thing. But it's normally, a- like... Well, maybe not normally, because I was thinking about this aggression will not stand, and here's that in the first couple of minutes, first three, four minutes of this movie, when he sees the TV at the Ralph's grocery store, and Herbert Walker is there saying, this aggression will not stand. And then we just heard him say this like two minutes ago. So that's a good 51 minutes into the movie. So almost halfway through the movie uh, before he sparrots that back out. Right? Before he sparrots, this aggression will not stand? Yeah, doesn't he say that in the limo? No, he says it Oh, in his first meeting with the titular Lebowski, doesn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Right, right, right. So that's much, much closer. Yes. So the dude abides is like the... It's the ethos of this movie. And it's the line, right? the line. We talk about, oh, there's a line off quote. Like, the dude abides is the thing, right? That's That's what's on the t-shirt. That's what's in quotes underneath, like, the shrine to Jeffrey Lebowski in people's living rooms, like, that's the thing. The dude abides. And anytime you have, like, a write-up, whether it's on your Apple TV or on Netflix or on any, like, bullshit review online, they're gonna work the dude abides or some sort of variation of that into their little one-paragraph write-up. Always. The rest of these lines that we talk about, you can take them or leave them. Like, there's so many quotable lines, but that's the one that pretty much encapsulates this movie. And it harkens back to the stranger's introduction of him. And then he actually delivers that line to the stranger. And it's just, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I will not abide another toe. So maybe the titular Lebowski is responsible for that line. He threw the abide word into his sponge-like brain. Oh, I think without a doubt he did. And then he spits it back out. Mm-hmm. The dude abides. Maybe the dude yeah. abides toes. He abides aggression. I think he abides pretty much everything. That's his whole shtick. Right? Well. No, no, you don't like it. Wait, you're saying that that's the titular Lebowski stick? stick, No, no, it's the dude stick. I'm just saying that the only reason that that word was rattling around in old Duder's head is because the titular Lebowski said it in a moment of heightened emotions. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt, that's true. Okay. That's that's the genesis of this, right? Well, and they are, they share a name, after all, so there's, there's reason to think that there's some synergy between them. 
maybe the dude just thinks by stealing his vocabulary, he can be, he can achieve as well. And be a little more pompous than yeah, he already is. I don't is. actually believe that. No, I don't the think so. The dude is not interested in achieving. No, if you went back and replayed all the times that he was just sparroting out other people's words, he'd probably be embarrassed a little bit. And do a like a 30 second long mumbling, stumbling Or is it just like, we, we commented before on the sparroting, right? Like that's just... That's what everybody does? Whatever it was. Well, it's what you and I do. I mean, There's, I know it's what I do. You you cop to admitting you do the same I thing. Do, you cop to I, it. I cop to it. I do some copying here and there. And I definitely, that's one of the things I cop to. Well, there's only so many words and experiences exactly in the universe, right? There's probably another minute-by-minute minute Lebowski podcast, and they're using, it's probably almost exactly like ours. It, with the right kind of scissors, you could cut it up and it would be exactly ours. It has, you know, references to Karen Cole, Aquatic Monkey Boys. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, there's monkey boys in that. There's, there's people falling on their backs and urinating on themselves. They're all the same. It's just how you decide to cut them up and yep. rearrange them. They don't mention certain Jeff Fahey movies. <laughs> no. No, they definitely don't do that. But it's like, it's the age-old thing. There's only so many stories, and I don't... Yeah. I get behind that some days, other days I don't get behind it, but there's only so many stories to tell, but it's it's execution, Bradley. It's execution, God damn it. The Executioner. Was so... A, wait, is that a Jeff Fahey movie? No, I would oh. never mention that. Okay. Thanks for So... Another thing that I felt remiss in not mentioning is the unraveling gauze that takes up a large portion of last minute. Tell me more. It is like watching the dude's understanding of the situation unravel with it as he continues to more and more. He starts slowly and then more unravels and more unravels as the as the uh, titular Lebowski is kind of lambasting him and he's realizing, wait, there's something wrong here and it's almost like his the like a uh, maybe like a squirrel in his mind scratching at the side trying to get at it this is not Just unraveling 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 so i think there was like a visual equivalent mm. there oh that's interesting man that's very that, interesting uh, we were remiss in not in not pointing out last time yes good one because you know all of a sudden it's not an envelope full of money it's not a check it's kind of bulbous and squishy. Yeah. What, what could it be? What is this? Why do I have a, a lump of gauze? Yes, and, and now he's talking about, like, you know, any further harm visited upon, like, what's going on? Go, yeah, go. Right. Unravel this. Introduces it by, you know, referring to his failure and his lack of achievement. And then, yeah, it gets his little... Uh, lambasting diatribe gets sort of worse and worse. Because then he starts talking about physical harm to Bunny, and it's like, wait, what's happening? Because, it, like, you're tempted when the dude starts rambling and bambling on, you're tempted to say, yeah, no, I'm on board with the dude. Like, I call bullshit here. I call shenanigans. But all of a sudden, everything unravels, and there's a toe. And you see a severed toe, 
and shit got real. And who picks up a bloody toe and gets, like, the dead blood all over your fingers? He's not near a sink or a piece of paper towel. Did he wipe it on his sweatshirt? Like, where did he wipe the dead blood off? Well, the dead blood get on his finger? Maybe it was too... uh... It's on there. I looked at it. He's got blood. Well, you'll notice that it then cuts to him in the diner, and he had just has just recently bathed. Right. Like, <laughs> his hair is wet. <laughs> exactly. I was going to point out the bathing, but not in that context. He's freshly bathed here. So do you yes. think it's the same day, probably? Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's the same day. He probably didn't. Well, he went home, took a shower, took a bath. Ew. I hope he took a shower, because if you went into a bath, and then you're stewing around with, like, particles of a severed toe's blood in the water. Even if it's just, like, your finger has the essence of severed toe on it, then your finger is stewing in that water. Like, yes. Yeah, that's... No, I mean, maybe he vigorously washed his hands before taking a bath. I don't know. Well, now, this is pretty embarrassing, but, you know, I used to take baths when I was a small child, and I remember farting up a storm in that bath, and the bubbles would come up. I thought it was hilarious, but the more I think back on that scenario, the less sanitary and the more awful that seems. Uh, like, I, yeah. I was, like, swimming around in my own, like, like, like poop flakes, like poop flake-flavored water, tepid poop flake-flavored water. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Like, you can go too far down this. That one in particular, I think, is pretty... mm, Yeah. You just don't... You don't open that that port (laughs) in that scenario. You just don't do it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, you're in... Like, right now, if you're... Wallowing in your own crapulence, Brad. Sure. Ugh, God, baths are bad. I hate baths. Yeah, they're not great. Just, just... At least for, like, yeah, they're just not good. For, yeah, I mean, for maybe, like, hygiene. You know, they're purely yeah, recreational. But then, even then, oh, but you better take a shower after you take a bath. Like, you better have the understanding that a bath is, while, you know, wonderful... And and it wraps around you like a warm blanket shielding you from the horrors of your day-to-day life. Like, you better fucking take a shower afterwards and wash all that off. So why... So... Yes. <laughs> so yes, and after s- swimming, I would take a shower as well. well. But that's for the chlorine, right? But do, Yeah, sure. Yes, I don't no, go... That is why. So, so if you're swimming, though, in a swimming pool, do you start thinking about the fact that this water is touching everyone else everywhere? I, I don't swim in swimming pools, Brad. Like I don't go in them? them? No, I don't go in them. What if you're hanging out in a room with other people, like you're in an elevator? That air is touching everybody else, too. Well, I don't like that so much, and I usually take the stairs. What if you're just, like, anywhere? You're just, like, outside, and some people walk by. I don't love it. Their essence wafts over to you. Oh, I hate... You can't help it. Mm. You know, if I don't smell it, if I'm not aware of it, 
I mean, I'm always aware of it on some level, but as long as I don't, like, smell it, because as soon as you smell it, it means particles that were on their body are now inside, 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 yeah, you know, Leo, inside your own body now. That's just, I don't know. That's just the way the world works. That's the nature of being a human being. Farts, Brad. That's being alive. Smelling a fart is ingesting other people's pieces of their body, basically. Like, if you weighed them on some sort of atomic scale, they weigh a certain amount, then they fart, and then you breathe it in, and then you weigh them again. They weigh less now because some of that's in you! Yeah, but that's just, those are like atoms. I like everything's at air, right? Man. Like that's all from other stuff. I too. just I just need more levels of remove. That's all. Like it needs to go to space for a while or be down in the earth for a while or in the atmosphere for a month or two and then I'm okay with it. Like it scrubs it off, the atmosphere scrubs it off. It's like when you're in the Amazon and you're struggling for survival and you're looking for water because it's not monsoon season and you just want to like drink some water because you're going to die of dehydration and finally you come upon this little pool here but of course every animal has been drinking out of that and whoops like some there's a carcass of a dead like jungle deer in there i don't even know what kind of animals are in there the jungle deer, and it's been rotting and festering in this pool, so now you can't drink that water. So what you do is the soil is pretty loamy and kind of sandy, so you dig a hole with your hands like a couple of feet away from the fetid pool of dead water. You dig a hole, and then the water will leach over through the soil and then come up from the bottom of your newly dug hole, and then you have a little pool of water that's been filtered by the sand. And then you see. can lap at it. So I just need some scrubbing. I don't want it to go. Right. I don't want it to go directly from one person right into my body. I hate it. There needs to be some kind of buffer, but that's really psychological. Is it, Brad? Well, so if you were to, so so when you breathe, right? So here's what's interesting. This is this is fucking interesting, man. All right. You breathe in oxygen. Mm-hmm. You breathe out carbon dioxide. Right. So you have oxygen, O2. You breathe out CO2. Right. These carbon molecules are leaving your body. You are emitting pieces of your body. That's why when Mr. Iyer, our gym teacher in high school, and he used to always sit at the back of the bus when we'd go on trips to like go to a basketball game or whatever, he had the... like. Satan's halitosis, Brad. Satan's halitosis. But he would insist yeah. on sitting in the back there. And every time he breathed out, not only would it smell bad, but I knew that he was breathing out pieces of his body. Pieces of his body that smelled really, really bad. And then every time I smelled it, that meant I was ingesting pieces of his body. It's perverted. I don't want to talk about this anymore, because I'm not going to be able to go to work tomorrow now. 
I mean, has this never occurred to you, dude? <laughs> Sir? Oh, it's totally occurred to me, but I just choose to accept the reality, right? Like, you choose I'm to go to, blithely about your life. I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'll get my hands dirty. I can wash those. It's just when it goes directly into orifices. Orify. I don't like it. It's just it. all part of life on Earth. Welcome to Earth, Seth. <laughs> Home was so much less traumatic. Did you notice Walter's jewelry? Um, I can't say that I did. Well, and we can call this a revisit. So just park it on a frame where you can see Walter and his his jewel his neck yep. jewelry. Yeah, I see his neck. He had something around his neck. Well, I'll tell you what he has, man. He's got his dog tags and his wedding ring. So his dog tags are remnant of his old life and his wedding ring a remnant of his old life. So once he got divorced from Cynthia, he took his wedding ring off his finger because it wasn't appropriate to wear it there anymore, and he put it around his necklace with his dog tags. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what that says. Unless guess, he always had it around there, because some people do that because they won't wear their wedding ring because either it's like unsafe, because maybe they're in a profession, they're like a, they use like a woodworker or something. I feel like this wedding ring is unsafe. Or he took it off because, you know, he, he gained so much weight it just couldn't fit on his finger anymore. I, I never once put a... No, that's not true. Well, it's sort of... So, rings. I don't like rings, Brad. I'm, I'm working my wedding ring off my finger right now, and thank goodness I lost a little weight. I could get it off, so that makes me feel better. I had never worn a ring until... I got married. In fact, the day I got married and my wife slid the wedding ring onto my finger, which was much too large because I refused to go to the jewelry store and have it sized for my finger. One, because I was lazy, but two, because I was terrified to put a ring on my finger. I hated it because when I was... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was... um. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I'm just so. I'm in such gleeful anticipation right now for this story. I love that you have a story for every situation. You've had such a rich, full life. <laughs> I went to a small school. It was kindergarten through 12th grade. And I went there from kindergarten through 12th grade. And there were. 112 people in the high school. I think I talked about this before. And 300 people in K-12 through and 17 people in my class. And mostly it was the same people. For your entire school career, like at least six or seven of them, Brad, from kindergarten through fucking 12th grade. So I just want to preface this by saying that first, because anything embarrassing that happens... If you puke in class, which I did. If you had a bloody nose and it ran all over your desk, which I did. If you, I don't even fart too much. I don't know why it all comes back to farts, but you fart and somebody smells it. They're going to remember that and they'll remember it until you're a senior. You don't get to change it out and like 
swap pieces around. Like, there's mostly the same people. They're going to remember every heinous and embarrassing thing you did from the time you were six years old. Now, that's no way to live, Brad. So the one... Yeah, I would would agree. I mean, we grow, we change, we get better, but no, you have to live with all of these these stigmata. What's the plural? Is that plural? I don't know. So... Anytime you're sick, you go down to the office. Mrs. Bean is there. Mrs. Wycheck might be down there. Mrs. Wright is down there. It's the same people. And, like, the office lady is kind of the nurse, too. So anytime you're sick, you got to go down there. But So I was out on the playground, and we had claimed, like, a, like a choice spot, like, behind the bleachers, you know, because we were getting up there, so maybe I was like 10, so we were getting, I don't know, what's that, 4th, 5th grade, so we were kind of being the big kids for that, you know, group of kids that were out there, because maybe the 6th graders were the oldest, so we are getting up there, so we had a real choice area, and I found this, I found a nut, like a bolt and a nut, Okay, I found a nut. Not like a squirrel would dig a nut, but a nut. No, not that kind of nut, like a piece of metal. Right. With threads on the inside. And I was like, oh, look at me. And I don't even know why. And I just put it down on my finger. And immediately the panic set in because that is not coming off now. And it was like, oh, like thick. Like it was just big enough to go over my finger, but like the metal part, like the area... Like, the inside was just big enough for my finger, but then the outside was, like, half an inch all around. Like, this huge nut so that my fingers were actually spread out when it was on there. And I'm pulling at it and pulling at it and pulling at it and and trying to, like, thread it off of my skin. And I'm getting more panicked and more panicked and my skin's turning red and I'm starting to hyperventilate and I had to go to... I guess we were at Risa. I had to go to the nurse's office and everybody's like laughing and gathering around. And I had to go down there and like miss the rest of the day of school because I had a nut on my finger. And they were bringing like Dawn soap in there and putting it on and trying to like work it off. And I spent the rest of the day there and I had to go home with this nut on my finger. I don't even remember how we got it off. Like, oil, I think... Cut it off? Well, I only have nine fingers. How many do normal people have? Right. Well, you could cut the nut. Yeah, I I wish... I'm going to have to ask somebody, but I went home with that nut on my finger. It got too traumatic, and I blocked it out. I'm picturing your school akin to Ralphie's school in Christmas Story. Um, and like that, that sounds pretty, pretty the on the nose. Where the kid sticks his tongue, yeah, he's got to the, the tongue on there, yeah. That's and all the right. kids are looking, and the fire department comes. That was, in essence, you, yeah, pretty much. But it, instead of a pole and a tongue, it was a nut and a finger, nut and a finger, yep. <laughs> so, anyway, after that time, I never again put a ring on my finger until I got married, and that was like fourth grade. We, I know got we got married t- in fourth grade. Is that wrong? Is there a law? I don't think so. 
I think as long as your parents sign off, it's cool. But no, it's just, I couldn't do it. So, And I know we talked about having, like, senior class rings and all that, and people were wearing rings. And actually, my high school girlfriend, we got these rings, and I wore it around a chain because I couldn't put it on my fucking finger. Now I do remember that. Yep, a little ring. Had it Maybe on Walter chain. has a similar trauma. Maybe so. So you don't think he ever wore it on his finger? I now, don't know. He probably did. Well, I think is, it's a uh, case of just his fingers do not support the ring anymore, is my guess. Well, that's what I worry about, because I get fat sometimes, and then the ring doesn't come off, Brad. Then what do you do about the ring? You have to have it cut off. Could you just keep getting fatter and fatter until your finger just kind of goes around and eventually absorbs the yeah. ring? Oh, absolutely. It's... I have a tire swing, not a tire swing, but like a swing with a, on a rope on a tree branch. And eventually that tree's going to absorb that rope. I'll never get it off of there. There was a picture of somebody who, I should look at this, I should send it to you, but somebody in like 1860 or something leaned their bicycle against a tree. I guess it was near like the crook mm. of a tree. Oh, here it is. Look at this. I found it. I'll send it to you. And then, you know, a hundred years later, the bicycle's like six feet in the air and it's totally absorbed into the tree. So the bicycle needed to be like. That's a long link. I'm sorry. That's the it's longest like URL I've ever seen in my life. Two That's pretty fascinating. Long. Isn't that fascinating? It just took it up. Maybe they even put it in the crook of the tree. I don't know, but it's fully embedded in the tree there. So this can happen, and this is my fear with the ring. Like, what if it's too dangerous to cut it off, and then I just, like, it gets embedded into my skin? Then it's just embedded. See, and that's, you know, you're okay with, like, ingesting other people's molecules and atoms. I'm not. Well, this is a ring. This is where we differ. Right, but it's like platinum. That can't be good. Or gold or something. Like, you don't want to ingest that much gold. It's going to go into your bloodstream. I worry about using aluminum foil for cooking. Yeah. Aluminum makes you go crazy. No, that's true. You know? That's not the best. We're not even done with the revisits, Brad. Because I know. It, we're gonna be, I told we're you, we're gonna be here to be for at least episodes. several more hours. Several more hours. All right, let's do it. Let's get right. on track here. Okay, there's a, there's a revisit. The assistant director flubbed up here at fifty two fifty. This is a revisit because right when we transition into this diner, the old uh, sort of Jewy guy in the background, who's uh, probably got some soup or some pie. With a hat there. He's probably a former producer for RCA back in like the 40s, 50s. Right at 52.50. Boom. He just looks right at the camera. He just looks up just right into the lens. Don't look over here. What are you doing? They're not yelling yet. I told you to look up and be irritated once Walter pounded the table. Which he does. 
too aggressively, and this is a follow-up to the revisit in this current minute now, at 53.53, look at his overreaction to when Walter pounds the table. Oh, I just really messed up my movie. <laughs> what did you do? <clears throat> I went fact, ahead into like somewhere in like an hour oh nine accidentally somehow. Actually, it's not anyway. It's the wrong time. It's fifty three forty six. Fifty three forty six. Walter pounds first... on the table, and this extra in the back takes a look. No, I'm sorry. It is fifty three fifty three. He takes a look, but then he overdoes it at fifty three fifty three. He he's kind of he's gesturing uh, and looking and talking to somebody and he's really yeah. upset about it. Well, even it. before that, when he slams on the on the table, the guy gets a really uh, annoyed expression on his face. I don't know if he's overdoing it. I mean, there's I've run into people like this. So maybe he's just an overly sensitive man that who just likes can't his, take it. He wants like, some you know, soup time every day. At 3 o'clock, no, 2.30, because he can get a toe by 3 o'clock. At 2.30, he eats his soup, and he wants some peace and quiet in this nice family restaurant. Is that what you're saying? Something. Well, you know, I've run into people. You know, like, so I'm here breathing in other people's <laughs> body pieces, and, like, I don't care. It's just like, yeah, it's life. Roll with it, dude. I'm not going to, like, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy it. You're farting with your halitosis, I'm and all alive. of a sudden, somebody's giving you yeah. the hairy eyeball, and you're like, what's your problem? And it's like, I'm breathing in your body pieces. Yeah. Well, so that's just problem? it. And then, like, something will happen, right? Like, I'll, um, let's say I'm walking into this diner, right? And I, let's say, like, kind of take a bad step and kind of, like, scuff my foot a little bit and trip forward a little bit, right? <laughs> and then I notice some guy that's looking been known at me to like, that's I been known am to the biggest dick in the world. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? What, are you going to fall on me next? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, there's people like that. <laughs> His reaction somehow really speaks to me, and I've okay. never noticed it. I've never took, I've never noticed it until just now he pointed it out, but his reaction. But I guess, but you've noticed it so type. much in your own life that you recognize it now. I just anger a lot of people with my mere existence. I don't know why that is. I don't know. <laughs> People just can't take me. <laughs> They're intimidated, Bradley. They're just intimidated. They're afraid of you. Just come on. You're smarter than they are. You're bigger than they are. They're just scared. You know, don't blame them. They're just God scared. Dong it, people like me. <laughs> you write some beautiful poetry, you know. You have a wonderful singing voice. Walter has a nice crease down the middle of his forehead at 53-54, which yeah. I wish I could get a just a straight one. It's just one crease, purely vertical. Did he work on that? It's like this is going to be part of my like acting thing? If Walter was completely naked and stood up and sat on the counter, <laughs> like with his back toward us, sat on this counter... It would look the same thing that's happening above, like, his eyebrow line right now. I thought you were going to say there was a smaller Walter who was completely <laughs> naked and sat on top of his forehead. Well, that's what it looks like. Yes, you're completely right. That's exactly what it looks like. 
There's a smaller Walter with his back toward us sitting on his forehead right now. Even his temple his legs is like are his kind giant of straddling leg. him. <laughs> straddling down the sides of his face or on the sides of his glasses. The only thing that concerns me in this uh, thought technology is what his hair is for that little man on his <laughs> forehead. He's one of those, uh, you know, torso hairs. <laughs> He's a he's a silverback that hasn't turned silver yet. Like instead of uh right, yeah, like he's like leaning forward around his head. I was just thinking more like He's like my grandmother. He's a she's class got a hairy of, back. Don't yeah. hold it against her. Yeah, I'm thinking more like it's just a class of citizen where slightly above the navel, you just have a giant tuft of hair instead of the rest of your body. <laughs> and no feet. They're uh, they're called lump heads because they're parasites that have to live on top of another larger person's head. <laughs> that is, yeah, it looks like it's painted on there. Basically, doesn't look real. It's like he got some plastic surgery. Goodman undergoes, you know, forehead surgery for a role in Cohen's newest uh, Jeff Bridges vehicle. Maud's limo. He's that kind of actor. Yeah. Maud's limo has cloth interior, Brad. We made a point of all of the leather sounds that the titular Lebowski's limo was making. The reason that wasn't happening in Maud's limo is because it's cloth interior. She just kind of hired one because that's what's expected of her. I think in some way she was trying to like, she was trying to put on some airs here. Not like, oh, you're the titular Lebowski. Right, but that's probably his limo. He probably bought that with funds that he embezzled from the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers Fund. And Maude was just like, well, I live this sort of lifestyle, so I must hire a limo to take this man back but she hires a cheap limo. He gets the cloth interior. Yeah, both Lincolns, and I think uh, Mods was just an older model and a cheaper model. And the limo driver doesn't get out to open the door for him, which my wife pointed that out to me. This is all just foreplay right now. I don't care. This is all just... I just I'm just trying to roll through all this revisiting shit because I have, Bradley... I have. <laughs> I have a dinger. All right. Let's I, have, go. I got a real humdinger for you. All right. <clears throat> let's, let's keep moving. I can't wait to get to the dinger. Due diligence at 4907. The, that old-timey music is playing in Maud's limo. And then as he gets, you know, strong-armed over mm. to the Titcher Lebowski's limo, the music fades away. So, diegetic music, blah, blah, blah. We've covered that ad nauseum. Yep. But, but just another point to say, right. yes, all, all of the music, or right. at least almost all of it, is diegetic. Well, all of it at some point or another is, so far. Yes. Um, the only reason I say... Because of the tumbleweed? No, I just don't know. We haven't explored the whole right. movie, and Up I can't say for point. sure that everything is. There is the sound, it's not music, but the sound of the dude's like thoughts in his head, which are is actually diegetic in a way, 
because we're actually hearing it. We're seeing it through his eyes, and we're like hearing his thoughts. Right, right. No, that's so okay. actually, I take it back. That is actually like really weirdly, insanely diegetic. But that's not music either. I'm talking music. No, but... I'm just seeing diegetic sound. But right, yes, right. yep. Zip, zip, zip. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to get to the dinger just yet. I'm right. saving it up. That's we're done with I... revisits, though, right? Yeah, we're done with revisits. We can move on to ding, this ding, minute ding. now. Ding, 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 Should we play the minute? Oh, shit. Or do we just, like, You're skip so that smart. shit? No, no, let's do it. All right, let's <laughs> do it right now. Play okay. it. Okay. I do know that nothing about it indicates... Yeah, the nail polish, Walter. Fine, dude. As if it's impossible to get some nail polish applied to someone else's toe. Someone else? Where the fuck are they going to get... You want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it. Believe me. Yeah, but Walter... Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. It's fucking amateur. Walter. They sent us a toe. We're supposed to shit ourselves with fear. Jesus Christ. Walter. Now, the point is... They're going to kill her, Walter, and then they're going to kill me. Dude. That's... That's just the stress talking, man. Now, so far, we have... What appears to me to be a series of victimless crimes. What about the toe? Forget about the fucking toe! Excuse me, sir. Could you please keep your voices down? This is a family restaurant. Oh, please, dear. For your information, the Supreme Court has roundly rejected on, prior restraint. This is not a First Amendment thing, sir. man. If you We're back. I mean, I have, I have a note. Visual reflective surfaces. This is... Exactly when the minute starts, fifty-three zero zero. You can see a table over Walter's right shoulder, and it doesn't even have to be fifty-three zero zero. But might as well start there since it's the beginning of the minute. There's a menu on that empty table back there, but just one. I just thought I'd point it out. There's just a menu on an empty table. Is that right. something that happens? Normally it would be in like a little thing that keeps them upright. Or if they're going to be this kind of restaurant or diner, they would have place settings with a menu between the silverware. But no, it's just a table. It probably just, they were looking at the frame and they said, that's too empty back there. Let's put a menu on it. But that's a little incongruous to me. It's nitpicking, but there you have it. That's my first note. <clears throat> Okay, I can't contain myself any longer. I'm just going to uh, go for it. The big time. It. We're going to go for the big time. Do it. This isn't exactly a revisit, but I want you to go, just for the sake of you know, me manipulating this scenario, mm-hmm. I want you to go to 4900. All right. 4900. And tell me what you see. What are we supposed to be seeing in this frame? Um, okay. It's, I'm almost there. Okay. Yes, uh, okay. It's the, it's the uh, brother Seamus' car. The Volkswagen Beetle. Color is it? Blue. Now, do me the excellent favor of going to 5305. 5305. Yes. I am going to 5305. In fact, you could go to 5303 and let it play and watch the street in the background. 
Oh, there it is. Oh, oh shit. Wait a minute. Wait, He's... wait, wait, wait one minute here. He's scoping him out, Brad. He followed him there. Huh? Huh? Mm. Come on. That's a dinger. I need to to look <laughs> this up here. Volks. What are you looking up? Wagon. I just need for my own. I feel something up here, all right? Are you saying that that's not a VW bug back there? <laughs> I mean, if that's your case, this will not stand in a no, court no, of no, law. No, it's definitely a beetle. Because the window's blacked out? It's just a reflection. Estefino scoping him out. Let's face it. You said yourself the dude went home, took a bath yep. disgustingly, hopefully then took a shower and came right to this restaurant. Defino was tracking him in the last scene, in the limo scene. He followed him to the house, followed him here. Now he's like circling the block. He's on his tail. Yeah. What's your I mean you're you're being very mysterious. <laughs> I'm just confused. I, yeah, no. I'm with you. What there are you it confused is. about? Enlighten me, please. Nothing. No, it's awesome. You're right. You're completely <laughs> What there are you it is. Furiously Googling. <laughs> I'm just Googling everything I can about these Beatles. <laughs> what were you hoping to find? <laughs> To find the truth. <laughs> varnished so, or unvarnished? Unvarnished, my friend. No, you're there. Now, the one thing I will say, and it's just lighting and color temperature and everything. The color seems way off to me. Well, right. But, they're exposed for indoors here, and they're fighting different yeah. things. And that's outside, all blown out. That's what, the color is like too washed out in the diner scene and darker in the other scene? Um, the, in the diner scene, it's like it looks like a bright purple, and in the other scene, when it's outside, um, in the forty nine oh oh shot, <clears throat> it's like a kind of like a dark blue. Oh, Brad, you are really reaching, man. I'm not saying it's different. I was just looking at it, right? Oh, okay, just furiously <clears throat> looking, searching for something. And why were you so? So antsy to disprove that in some way, or you, no, did you just no, want to have the facts? I did not want to disprove it. Have all the information. Here was my thing. I'll just I'll put it out there. And put I'll it sound out like there. an idiot. <laughs> I just for once, it's not me. Great. Like I could not tell if that was. So this could be. Eh, it doesn't matter. What. Well, I felt like I could not tell if that was actually an old beetle or one of these newfangled ones. Oh, I see. Well, uh, th- were the newfangled ones around in 1998, though? Well, I don't know that, right? That, is that what you were furiously Googling? That's one of the things. I was actually just looking for a picture to compare to see, and then it was like, yeah. Because I was guessing in my mind I was also having a hard time. Like I could only picture the new ones. Yeah, the new one though, you can see in the back there. This this is an older one. It's got that sort of flatter windshield. When they released the new one, it had more of that curved curved windshield. Yeah, I'm there was sure a 1998 Beetle. Was there a 1997 Beetle? Yes. 
1997 was the first year for the new Beetle. Right, but this is not that. This is no, it's one. not that. Although that also makes me wonder of all these cars out there. Dude, I spent a lot of time looking at them. Some of them I found like the more contoured lines because you can't imagine they controlled this whole street back there. You know, that's just too much. But the thing is, like, in 1998 when they filmed this, and it's supposed to be 1991, are most of the people's cars going to be seven years older or more? And even if they're only, you know, maybe they're 94 or 95 models, maybe they're only two or three years old, how much different is a 95 model car going to look from a 91 model Yeah, car? I don't think it would stick out like a sore thumb. Not like a sore thumb. And there are ways... But for nitpickers like us, right? Yeah. We can look at the... Uh... You know, the tie rods on one of these models and be like, oh. What's weird to me is. That was 1994. Most of the cars going like along the street that the diner is on, like the closest cars to them, look older, like almost like late 80s models, even with like, there's a minivan with wood paneling. There's a lot of boxiness. But every now and then, you'll get one of these cars like at 5312. There's some sort of, I'm terrible with cars. I hate cars, Brad. But there's one of these ones with this really contoured outline, this contoured profile. And to me, in 1991, they were not having this contoured profile like that. But at 5313, there's this minivan with wood paneling, and that's definitely 1991. Some old pickup trucks. You know, yeah. the white Econoline vans, which are timeless. You know, those never go out of style. Windowless. Good times happening there. But yeah, um, I don't know whether it's just luck, but most of these cars look, I would say, 80, 74 to 81% of these cars look like they could be from 1991. I think it's a lot higher than that. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I, I just may not have a good eye for cars. I definitely don't have a good eye for cars, so... And like you said, there's not that big a difference. But I feel like the um, like that contour thing happened somewhere around, like, 95, maybe? Where they started to get, like, more curvy or something, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But even so, in 98, your car would have to be two or three years old or newer. Otherwise, it would be square and boxy. So they kind of, I guess that's the benefit of doing a period piece that's only seven years in the past. You don't have to be quite as vigilant about all these details, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the only way you'd really notice it, I guess, if there was something really... um. Like distinctive, right? Like a new Beetle. Right. Like a Honda Element. Not that that was out in 98. But the equivalent, the 98 The Chrysler PT Cruiser, right? Yeah, fucking PT Cruisers. This this editor I used to work with had a PT Cruiser. He's so proud of it. We called him Crazy B. It's a strange thing to be proud of. It really, really, really is. And we called him Crazy B. And 
Everybody thought it was because his last name was Bosco, but really it's just because he was a crazy bastard. Right. It's like, there's Crazy B. Granted, I know the PT Cruiser is polarizing, but I kind of liked it. I didn't necessarily like the way it looked on the outside, but I found it to be for a man of my height. Because I am six foot eight. Right. I actually found it to be somewhat comfortable to, You're big, to drive. Burly, beastly man. So I was like, all right. I find it almost impossible to believe that you could fit into one of those things. You wouldn't think, but it was actually designed in such a way. I don't know. It's just the, the actual size of the car has nothing to do. Because I've been in giant SUVs where it's like, it's so cramped. I'm like, I can't actually drive this. Like, my feet don't have enough. They're squeezed in so much, they don't have enough freedom to move for me to, like, accelerate and brake reliably. Huh. Like, even though it's a giant car, like, the, the cockpit, in essence, is so small and constraining. And there's little cars, like the Chrysler PT Cruiser, which actually isn't that small. I think there's something about its but the thing shape the... That's, 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 that's misleading. But, like, a Honda Fit is another car where it's actually not so bad. And that's actually what I drive on most days. See, the, this, um, this PT Cruiser business, it uses the same frame as some other car. Um, some other, like, Chrysler hatchbacky car. But I can't really find this right now. But some other, it's like a tiny thing. Uh, you did, now, would you have gotten it with the flame package and woody package? Would you like a, a nice Woody? Probably not. Would you like a Woody package, Brad? Although I might have gotten the convertible, though. See, I'd go with the Woody package. You know, always always on, ready for business. And the... Uh, here's the thing I liked. On some level, I liked where they were going with the PT Cruiser. Conceptually, because it was throwing back to those halcyon days of ZZ Top videos, Eliminator, where they were rolling around, every girl crazy about a man, and they were rolling in that, that awesome-looking car, you know? It was throwing back to these, like, 1930s-era cruisers. I don't even know. I'm not good with cars. Right. But... It kind of reminded me of that ZZ Top car. What is this? Yeah, Eliminator. If you search ZZ Top Eliminator and that hot rod car they had, it was a 1933 Ford, what became known as the Eliminator Coupe. But I don't know what it was originally. But it was kind of, you know, hearkening back to that, where, you know, just badasses with beards and sunglasses drove it around with, like, women in miniskirts and high heels rolling out of it, which that was pretty cool. But unfortunately, the PT Cruiser was just, like, the first, like, attempt at a revisit to that. And I didn't, yeah. they were not nailing it. It was more like a Honda Civic that had flames on the side of it. So, yes. Well, I think I also just kind of, I don't like <clears throat> think, I mean, I'm just from observation, I'm going to say this. I don't feel like I seek out or like strange cars or cars that have a controversial um, shape to them. 
but I am also a huge fan of the uh, the Honda Element. It's very square. Look how square it is. I don't like cars. The Honda Element is the only car like I liked. I was like, I love it. Like I was just drawn to it somehow. There was something about it that spoke to me. Can't you and spray I had it, it out for many years? And I loved it. Can't you hose it out? Yeah, exactly. You can take the back seats out. Just take uh-huh. them out, and then you have all this freaking space. There's no just, carpet. You could just sit back there and drive. There's no carpet, no cloth. Like you could, you could just open the the trunk, like the hatchback, mm-hmm. and just lean your head out there and just drive that way, like looking over the top of the car from the back, yeah. which would be pretty awesome. Oh yeah, so. They discontinued the element, and that's sad to me. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I thought it was a popular car. Bernie Mac had one in. I uh, think I feel like they um, his angry dad show. Yeah, I feel like they must have. Uh, it was one of these like they wanted to quit while they're ahead, maybe. Mm, and then it'll come back around in twenty years and be so popular they can re-release it like the bug. Well, a lot of companies copied it. Like every one had their like boxy mini SUV. Did they? Yeah. Hmm. Toyota, I think it was Toyota had, they called it the Cube. Gross. There was like the Scion something, like XTRT, something like that. I don't like these square vehicles. I'll tell you what, I don't like any of the other square vehicles. Because none of them, while they were square, they did not capture. It was more, it wasn't just that it was square, right? The Honda Element had a certain something to it. I don't it was know just that I just loved. To me, if you're driving a Honda Element, it seems like you should be hawking malfunctioning droids on a desert planet. That's, and is that not awesome? I think that that's not awesome because what happened to them, Brad? They got massacred, a slaughter. Do you know? And it wasn't. These were not sand people, Brad, because sand people ride single file to hide their numbers. I mm, no, that's not. It's not an awesome life. The life of a of a gypsy. I'm sorry, they don't like to be called that. A wanderer. What do they like to be called? I don't know. Something else. It's not a great life. Always on the hunt. I, Brad, we're not going to get through more than three items here. Probably not. We're about at an hour into this. Oh my goodness. Podcast. Jesus, I have so much here. I have so much. I got some bouncy walking. Uh, Who had a bouncy walking? The uh, so this is more assistant. One director of the guys work. walking in the in the background. Yeah, in the in the diner, he walks behind oh, them. Oh, that dude! I just saw him. Yeah, he's actually his, in the diner. Yeah, in the diner, and he's like leaving. I guess he's already paid his check. But here's the weird thing about Mister Bouncy Walker. So he turns his head. Maybe he shows up again later, so they didn't want him to show his face or something. But curious, I might say that, because now watch him walk off frame, bouncy walking, like Mm -hmm. he's overdoing his walk a little bit. I'm walking, just walk normal, just walk normal, just walk normal. Okay, so he goes off screen right. Now look in the background at 5311, just enough time for him to get outside, tuck his shirt in, get just a little bit younger, and walk along the street behind them the other way to the left. 
It's not the same guy, but for the a woman. second I thought it was. Well, it looks like. The but the guy, guy kind of had long hair. Am I looking at the wrong person? Maybe. No, it's the right person. I just the first time I watch it, it's like, oh, there he is, and he curls back. No, wait, his shirt's tucked in, and his hair is not gelled. But I thought it was the same fella. Well, I was thinking I was looking at the wrong person. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I'm okay, really well, confused. Well, I if have you bad wait, Are you facial. talking about the woman? Oh, so he does come. Maybe I saw him and then I went back to look at it again and thought that I was wrong. Because he does come there. Then he comes. Okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. I think it's him. No, that is him. That's definitely him. He's bouncy walking even out there. Yeah, I just parked it on the wrong frame and then I was like, ah, shit, that's not him. But yeah, he goes out. Curls around and then walks the other way. Except when he walks by, he has like a bandana in his hair or something. What are you talking about? In the restaurant? In the restaurant. Isn't, it, isn't his hair like in a bandana? No, you're crazy. No, he's just got salt and pepper hair. Maybe we have uh, alternate cuts of the movie. Brad, you say the craziest shit. I are mean, you granted, wa- he's in motion. No, he definitely... Uh, you know, every time yeah, maybe you say... It's maybe I could see it your way. I know I'm right whenever you say definitely. <laughs> You're about to come around. So. You're probably right. <laughs> so I'm not definitely right? No, because that means you'd be changing your mind. See, probably right, then you're going to stick, stay the course. Good. Yeah. Even outside, I think, toward the end, he looks like he has a bandana. His salt and pepper hair transforms into a bandana somehow. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's just his hair. It's just his hair, man. All right, so there's one more thing. Okay, got that done. Good, good, good. Now, it must be cold out there because there's a shivering paper reading man at 5307. Why are you wearing a jacket? This is, uh, what, October in Los Angeles? Should you have to, or late September even, should you be wearing a jacket? In late September in Los Angeles? Well, the dude has like a sweatshirt on. Good point. And where did this sweatshirt come from? This is the only time we see this sweatshirt. It's like yellow, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a little, I mean, it's not out of bounds for his wardrobe, but it's somehow like less frumpy. It's almost like more, I want to say sporty, but almost more in style than the it's rest of It's almost. His- like, with his hair slicked back and with this... I don't know. It's a sweatshirt, though, at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. It's, it's just there's no stains or rips on it. Right. It's not uh, overly baggy or overly tight or overly short or overly anything, really. It's just... Maybe the yeah, arms it's, are it's a just cool. a, it's just It's just a sweatshirt. It's a, a regular piece of cloth that actually fits him. Yeah, which which makes it a little out of place for the dude. So, here, here's just a, I don't have any, any commentary on it, really, but, so the blinds in the background. Now, they have the blinds up, so it's bright sun outside. To me, you'd put the blinds down, because they're translucent. You can still see through them, so you get all the benefit of the motion, but then it would obscure the cars a little bit, so assholes like you and I aren't trying to point out the inconsistency of inconsistencies of like years and makes and models. 
and you know, instead of it being all blown out, it would just be muted, and we could focus more on the dude and Walter. So that, there's number one. Number three is that the blind all the way on the left is like halfway down. And it's obscuring a sign for Belgian waffles. And I feel like it's halfway down because they wanted to obscure that sign for Belgian waffles for $4.99. But why? Why, Brad, at this restaurant called Johnny's, which closed before 1998 and is not a functional restaurant and is now only a set for movies, movies like, I want to say, Pulp Fiction and The Big Lebowski and many, many others. Is it definitely the diner from Pulp Fiction? (sighs) I'm going to have to look it up. I don't know. I know it's the set of, it's only a movie set now. If you go to Johnny's Coffee Shop, um, there it see. is. Wikipedia, Johnny's Coffee Shop. Miracle Mile. Tom Petty and Heartbreakers music video, Swingin'. Well, that's not very good. This is not good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Reservoir American Dogs. American History X. Reservoir Dogs. Volcano, starring Tommy Lee Jones. There's a second mention of that movie so far in this podcast. That's kind of weird. Brad, it's the same words over and over. You know that. We've probably said the word volcano 62 times so far. We don't even know it. You could just take you could take fresh air, every episode of fresh air and cut it up in a way to make our podcast. In fact, that's going to be our next project maybe. Recreating every like word by word all of the Gutterballs podcast, but only using segments from Fresh Air and cutting it word by word. Yes. Right here, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Yeah. And it has that little, like, uh, you know, kind of square, like, quick facts thing that's on the right side of our Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. And it says, built 1956, architect, are May and Davis, architectural style. Googie style. Googie. The return of the Googie style. Shit, nay, it's been a while for the Googie. But there it is, Googie style. So Lebowski is all about the Googie style. I went to a website called Movie Locations, movie-locations.com, and uh, I don't see Pulp Fiction on here. Okay, no, the diner held up by Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. Uh, was the Hawthorne Grill, 13763 Hawthorne Boulevard at 137th Street, so not Johnny's. But I guess Johnny's was uh, Reservoir Dogs. Sometimes I don't have everything accurate all the time. Sure. Well, close enough. Close enough. But it's interesting to know. I, didn't, I had no idea. So this is, in essence... Yeah, I got a link here. I'll, we'll put it up on the, um, on the site. It's uh, Film Locations for the Big Lebowski. And this was one of them, and I had no idea, like, this, you know, looks like a fully functional diner. But it's not. It hasn't, even when they filmed it here, it had been closed for some time. But at least it's still around, not like the uh, Hollywood Star Lanes, which is gone forever. (sighs) Cross that one off the list. Cross it off the list. The Lebowski Tour. 
Um, so they obscure this Belgian waffle sign. But why? I think it would just be too distracting, maybe. Or do you think there's something across the street that they wanted to hide, like a store or a restaurant that wasn't open in 1991? Or maybe just like a brand name, which is like The Gap or something. Right, right, right. You just don't want to put it there. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe they wanted to obscure that. Maybe that's why the sign is there. Maybe the sign was, it's like so bright orange, like it was drawing too much attention up there to itself, yeah. maybe? Could be. Maybe the the sign blocks the brand name of the store across the street, and the blind then blocks the sign. I'm going to go with that. I think it's two levels of blockages. Because, you know, a big bright orange square up in the left corner, that's not where you want to be drawing your attention. No. So, I like it. Audio note, real quick, we can get through this. There's so much... There's so much tinkling and stirring and, like, granules rubbing in the audio in this minute. Like, there are people around just incessantly stirring their coffee with a spoon and tinkle, tink, 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 tink on the inside of their coffee mug. Like piercing through the mix right into your ear where a diner like this would be filled with hubbub and like chatter and cars outside but it's so tinkly like you can't hear this is all so my point is this is all ADR they have this is all post audio you cannot film in a location with cars driving by nonstop 20 feet from where you are with only a thin little window between you and expect to use this audio. They recreated all of this. They brought them back in, in a sound booth, redid their lines, put the sounds of coffee mugs plinking right through the mix in there. It's all post-audio. It's my contention. I will, I will defer to your uh, considerable expertise in this matter. Do you know what it sounds like when a toe gets sheared off from a foot? Not exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yes. So that's a great segue into this whole thing, right? Like, So again, we talked about a lot happening here, right? Uh And yes, there's a lot happening in the background, but really... The scene goes through so many different parts. Yeah, the dude wants to, he called Walter up, they showed up here so he could commiserate with him and like sort of, you know, open up and like get some like consolation from Walter and he could help him a little bit. Yeah, and it's and, the same, it's similar to, you know, the, the, the line that I loved previously, right? When they're in the bowling alley after the drop got all botched up. What exactly is the problem? Yeah, what is, uh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, what are we going to tell Lebowski? Oh, him. Uh, well, what exactly is the problem? Right? Same thing here. That wasn't her toe. <laughs> and again, so then the dude then asks, I think, a perfectly logical question, right? Whose toe, Whose toe was, was it? it, Walter? Like, perfectly logical, right? If that's the natural line of thinking, like, refuting this ridiculous assertion that it's not her toe 
But again, he uh, he responds with the same type of what you could just call like I don't know, clueless or cavalier thinking, or what maybe if you're going to say Walter's actually right, maybe it's some sort of like lateral thinking, right? The dude's nothing at the right level. It's cavalulessness. Cavalulessness, exactly. Whose Write toe it was it, Walter? <laughs> How the fuck should I know? How the fuck should I know? Like that's a, such a stupid question to ask right now. That has no bearing <laughs> on this. <laughs> Cavalulousness? I don't even Pinking know. Pinking shears. But it's, you know... As if it's impossible to get some nail polish, apply it to someone else's toe. As if he's talking to a child, like... And to be fair, though, Walter has experienced many more pieces of bodies being removed from the main part of the body, probably, than the dude has. Since he did see his bodies die face down, his buddies die face down in the muck. Like he's seen bodies with limbs removed, heads, toes, fingers, all sorts of things in all sorts of different configurations than they should be. So to him, you know, it probably isn't, and this might have only been 16, 17 years ago, 18 years ago. To him, maybe it's not that big a deal. To have a toe removed from a body. He's in the security business. He probably is dealing with nefarious characters from time to time. Probably has got some like guys who came from came home from Nam who aren't even in as good a mental state as he is, who are doing who knows what. Like maybe it isn't that far out of bounds for him to be living in a world where you actually can get a toe within like thirty minutes or something. And the thought of, like, it's so simple to him that, of course, you'd up the stakes and find a toe and send a toe. Duh. This is like psych-out, Bush League psych-out stuff. Right. They're fucking amateurs. The dude grows, again, more and more... Irate. Restless. Yeah, not Walter, irate, restless. He's going, Walter, Walter, Walter's going on and on, right? He's kind of, Walter's kind of in his own world. Because the you know. dude's still straddling this 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 middle ground between Walter's world and Donnie's world, where Donnie's the square and Walter's the full-on maniac, and the dude is like he's got one foot in each world, where he can still understand that living in a world where toes are so cheap is not the way that most people live. Walter, on the other hand, is fully in that world. But as a viewer, or at least he it, thinks he's in there. Well, world. he thinks he, he probably thinks he is, because you know he's a goddamn veteran. But as a viewer watching it, especially in this scene, you're convinced more and more of Walter's insanity and how, even though they tell you exactly what, well, as much as they knew anyway, exactly what's going on in this movie, this minute starts to then trick you into thinking that's not true. And it'll push you away, away from the truth, and then bring you back around at the end. And then it's, there's the big reveal, the big trick, like, we tricked you into thinking that what you thought was happening wasn't actually happening, but what you thought was happening happened. Ha ha. Sort of. Maybe. They're gonna kill... That poor girl, and then they're going to kill me. 
That's just the stress talking, man. <laughs> That's Walter's response. The dude is probably pretty stressed out. He just got forced into yes. a limo and got shown a severed toe. Yes. So again, it goes back to this idea that the dude, you know, again, I think in pop culture... He's freaking out. He's being very is, anti-zen here. Yeah, but the dude is supposed to be, oh, such a chill dude. Like, Walter, again, is the chill dude. That's just the stress-talking man, he Walter says. is the chill dude. If you had to put up with the dude freaking out all the time like this, even, even Walter gets frustrated. See, I... Yeah, I'm going to stick with you on that one. Walter's way more zen, and I know he points guns in people's faces and uh, bites people's ears off and beats the shit out of people, but he's more zen than the dude is. Well, and again, the dude, it's like the dude pushes him, right? That's just the stress talking, Walter said. What about the fucking dough? Right. Now, now it appears to me what we have here is a series of victimless crimes. <laughs> well, keep in mind, it's not a crime if you submit to having your toe cut off. It's not a crime if you're stealing money from yourself. At least not a crime as far as they're concerned. If anybody's the victim in the crimes, quote-unquote, that have happened so far, it would be the little Lebowski urban achievers who don't have that million dollars anymore. They're the only victims here. Unless you consider assault a crime. But the dude doesn't seem to mind about getting punched around a little bit. All I'm saying is Walter's right most of the time, and he's calmer than the dude most of the time. Just because the dude lifts his foot up in the air once in a while doesn't and listens to whale song and smokes pot and lights candles doesn't make him more zen than Walter. Like we're we're busting stereotypes here, Brad. You can have a gun wielding uh yellow sunglass shooter's glasses wearing buzz cut short wearing boot wearing Vietnam vet guy can be way more zen than the stoner hippie dude. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. All right. Okay, Forget then. about the fucking toe. <laughs> Forget about the fucking toe. And this is when, you know, this is when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, not him, Philip Baker Hall, two three-word names, both beginning right. with Philip, both Philip. starring in a three-word director's movie. Boogie Nights, Paul Thomas Anderson, Philip Baker Hall, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's a lot of P's, a lot of three-word names, and a connection. Who was the other three-name director? Paul Thomas Anderson, Boogie and... Nights, starring Philip Baker Hall, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, gotcha. the guy, and the guy in the back there looks like Philip Baker Hall. He was also in Seinfeld. He was, curiously you mean, enough... You mean the old guy that overacted? Yeah, exactly. Philip Baker Hall. Philip Baker not... Hall. He was in Seinfeld. He was this he guy. played a gumshoe in Seinfeld. Now listen to me, Seinfeld. <laughs> he was from the library trying to track down the uh, overdue yeah, book. Yeah, the overdue book exactly. And he was in Boogie Nights. He's the uh, the uh, new wave porn 
icon porn financier who comes in, right. in there and has got all his young bucks who know yeah. how to do it right. Forget about the story. But yeah, it looks like Philip Baker Hall back there. I won't agree to that. You don't think it looks like him at all? Did you go to his IMDb page that and look at his looks, picture? The guy in back is seems... I'm, I don't know if I would say way older, but... I'm talking about Philip Baker Hall right now. Philip Baker Hall now... Eh. It's pretty much the same. He's a very saggy-faced gentleman. He's fantastic. I love him to death. But I'm not talking about him from 16 years ago. Huh. So he actually... I don't think it's him, mind you, but... He's in a lot of PTA's movies. Yeah, well, it says here he did not start acting until he was 30 years old and shot to cult fame when he turned in an electrifying performance as Sidney, the veteran gambler in Paul Thomas Anderson's debut feature, Hard Eight. There is no way Philip Baker Hall was 30 years old when he shot Sidney. No, no, I don't think that's the case. But he didn't start acting until he was 30. And then he didn't become really known until 1996. Gotcha. Yeah, he was... Awesome, and he was in uh, Magnolia too. He's the game show host, right? Yes, that's right. On the outs with his daughter. Well, that Seinfeld episode was previous oh. to Hard Eight. Mister Bookman, was it? Yeah, because Hard Eight says it was ninety six. Seinfeld was off the air. Ninety eight. Oh, ninety eight. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. Which it still could have been. I'm not Got sure. Really confused there. But yeah, it's still, I still feel that was an earlier episode. I feel like I was like in high school when that episode was on. But What was the name of the episode? Oh, I have no idea. <sighs> well, I'm not going to say. This makes for Doesn't fascinating. Matter. Oh, he's in Matlock. How about that? Oh, <laughs> oh good. Philip I met, Baker uh, Hall. So, I, we, we salute had a, you. Yeah, we salute him. Good for you. Good on you. Um... What was I going to say? Uh, I did um, some voiceover with a woman. So, oh, so Seinfeld, Bookman. It just says Seinfeld, 91 to 98. Oh, oh, the library, 91. So way before Hard Eight. And then he came back in the finale, I guess when they were on trial. But... Um, we had this wonderful woman come in and do some voiceover for a program I'm putting together, and she was in season two of House of Cards. Did you oh, watch really? season two of House of Cards? I, I'm, I'm very familiar with it. You've watched it. You, yeah, you're, I watched the you're whole a thing. fan. Oh, fantastic. So, when, uh, what's her name? Jackie? Yes, Jackie. Jackie, Jackie Sharp. and the big very, fan of Jackie Sharp. Yes, and the very handsome black man with the watch. Yes, and they're Remy, 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 Remy and Gidget. I should remember that. I guess we'll have to get into that nasty business at some point. I thought it was behind me. Anyway, when they're out, like you know, what's it called? Not stomping for votes, but uh, whatever. They're trying to collect votes for the bill. And they're out at dinner at night at a restaurant? Yes. I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, and one of the ones they're trying to convince is this wonderful lady. Yep, that's her. 
And she was also as some sort of like district court judge in season five of The Wire. And she was some other person in season one of The Wire. Which I think, I feel like I ask you this every two or three episodes, but have you watched The Wire? Oh yeah, I've seen it all. Okay, thank you. I've seen it. I've seen it all. I was about to divorce you if you said no. So, is this lady in The Big Lebowski also? No, no. I just saw her today, so. Just name checking. In my mind. Brush with greatness. Dropping some names. Look how awesome I am. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Whose toe was it, Walter? (laughs) Mm. It's like, you are focusing on the wrong things, dude. Lindsay Lohan broke her sobriety, Brad. I hate to break it to you. I buried the lead, but she had a glass of wine. She's, uh... Yeah. She was on Letterman. It's in Anger Management, Scary Movie 12, I mean 5, and... An episode of Two Broke Girls. So, on one hand, her career is turning around. On the other hand... Anger management. Anger management. Yeah. Wasn't that a movie from a long time ago? That seems like that was a movie starring Robert De Niro and Adam Sandler, doesn't it? I think it was uh, Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler. Jack Nicholson, right. Are we splitting hairs here? They both threaten castration. Well, maybe that's just how unsober Lindsay Lohan has become. <laughs> maybe she, she thinks she's starring in a movie that's actually <laughs> seven years old. I won't judge her for that. I thought Robert De Niro was in that. And that it was possibly very recent. She wasn't in that movie, was she? This link is to the TV zone. Oh, so must, there must be a TV show called Anger Management. You Listen, sent I just, us to the TV zone. I just did the most cursory... I wanted a Lindsay Lohan update, okay? I feel bad for her. I feel like it's our duty to... I'm not sure what. Keep her in the public consciousness. I, we watched this Boogie Nights ripoff, which the, I don't know if that's fair to call it that, but uh, who was the daughter? Anger Management, Thursdays at 9.30 on FX, stars Charlie Sheen. The daughter from Big Love? Remember that girl? You ever watched uh, that show? Um, which daughter? I don't know. I haven't really watched that show too much. The oldest one. Uh, what's uh Siegfried? Siegfried. Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried is that how you pronounce Seyfried, it? Seyfried. Seyfried. Yeah, from uh, Veronica Mars fame. Oh, see. And as well as the uh, that uh, Abba mm-hmm. musical with Meryl Streep. Mamma Mia. Oh. Good, that's great. Uh, yeah, she was in some sort of like movie which I took to be. Oh, you're talking about Lovelace. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I'm, well, I don't know. That that's the more recent yeah, movie. Yeah, industry. Also... Sure, that's it. That's it. Lovelace. It has. Uh, I don't know. Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard. Yeah, yeah. That's like a Boogie Nights ripoff? Well, it's about the porn industry, so yeah. therefore it's a Boogie Nights ripoff. And it's kind of like a downer. Yeah, total downer. I didn't watch the whole thing. I was kind of in and out. Um, eh. Wasn't into it that much. I'm, I don't like porn, Brad. 
I don't like movies about porn. I don't like porn. It just seems like a seedy underbelly of the human condition. As uh, I'm just not into it. I Agent did. Cooper said, right? Something. Is it? What was his exact phrase? Something like that? I don't know. Because like Flesh what World, it, they sent them all the whatever, like the their records or whatever. Flesh, oh, oh, and Flesh he was, World. I think he was maybe commending Flesh World. He was for commending doing them? good. Well, it, well, because he didn't expect them to do. I can't remember the exact scene now, but in essence, he says, you know, considering their uh, company that preys on human weakness or something like that. What good did Flesh World do? I don't remember what good they did. Well, they. I could be really mis. Is that um? They, I thought you were uh, going to talk about One Eyed Jacks. No, Flesh World. Talking Flesh World. Hmm. We're all there. The good it is there high it is. school age girl Cooper action. Continued. Is Here, Cooper takes out his recorder as he exits. Diane, I've just received the bas- back issues of Flesh World. Good work. It's nice to see some cooperation with the law, especially from a company that preys on human weaknesses. So their cooperation was simply giving them back issues. I yeah. see. Okay, but, you know, those are high school girls. That's That ain't legal either, man. I'm not saying that, like, the fact that the, the fictitious porn magazine gave back issues to the FBI to help with a murder investigation, like, absolves the porn industry of anything. Well, not I, the porn industry doesn't more, need to be absolved of anything. To talk about how I was maybe agreeing with you on the fact that they prey on human weaknesses. Right. I just but Lovelace wasn't about, you know, underage porn. Where whereas Flesh World was preying on human weakness that was like targeted towards underage girls. Do you think I didn't I never Well, really they, but they were high schoolers. That. Granted, high schoolers did place a okay, personal. Okay, they were always eighteen. All of them were eighteen. I didn't get the. I'm not, I I was under the impression that there was just a, adult personals. Like, I never was under the impression that Flesh World was like just a cover for underage girls. Okay, maybe, but you know, Laura Palmer and, uh, I mean, what's her name was older. But then you had Teresa Banks. Teresa Banks and Laura Palmer were both high school aged girls. So they Teresa could have been. Teresa Banks 18. was high school age? Weren't they both in high school together? Are you thinking of Ronette Pulaski? I'm sorry. I'm to Ronette Pulaski. Teresa Banks was older. She Ronette seemed Pulaski. Older. Yeah, she seemed older. She was like the knowledgeable one or something. That's neither here nor there. What, how, what, where did that come from? Oh, Philip Baker Hall, PTA, Boogie Nights, Lovelace. Got it. It all makes sense now. <sighs> I, you wrote Winter Soldier here. Right. Well, under the movies we've seen category, you saw I doubt, Lovelace, I saw the Winter Soldier. I doubt I even want to hear about it. And Oh, and we're also finishing up the last season of Gossip Girl, so don't, don't, don't spoilers, Brad. Don't tell me who Gossip Girl is, please. Okay? I'll do my best. Okay. Just, is it Chuck Bass? 
Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Winter Soldier. Winter Stick Soldier. Captain America, colon. Oh, the is that Soldier. Captain America? Oh. Yes. Which I have to say, okay, so granted, well, take it with a grain of salt. I like these Marvel superhero movies a lot. I've heard more than one person say it's the best Marvel movie they've seen. Like, best Marvel superhero movie they've it's, seen. Which I, guess I wouldn't necessarily bad, argue with that. See, the problem is, Brad, Iron Man. I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying it could be in the running. I think it depends on what it is you're looking for. And what's fascinating about these Marvel movies and what I think they've done really well is kind of, and especially lately, is kind of take these different movies and just kind of make them these different style of like genre pieces. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Iron Man 3. Have you seen Iron Man 3? Uh, wow. Maybe not. It's kind of like it has its, this weird kind of like that's 80s not, cop buddy movie vibe to it. That's not the one with the army of Iron Mans with uh, the wrestler Mickey Rourke in there. That's Iron Man 2, right? Yes. I don't yes. think I've seen Iron Man yeah. 3. Iron Man 3 I thought was pretty good. I was so disappointed in Iron Man 2 that... Yeah, Iron Man 2... It couldn't possibly live issues. up to Iron Man. I was alright with it because I can kind of forgive a lot of these movies. I can too, but I loved... It was expectation to pay off. I went exactly. into Iron Man not thinking anything, just like, okay, mindless fluff, but that mm-hmm. movie was great. And then Iron Man 2, it's like they were way behind the eight ball right from the get-go. There was no way they were going to live up to the hype. Right. So maybe Iron Man 3 benefits from that same Well, Iron Man 3 is a very low-key movie, kind of. Like, I don't know, that might be weird to say low-key, but like, you know. A low-key $250 million budget movie. I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, again, like... (laughs) Well, it's a lot more Tony Stark and a lot less Iron Man. See, I love it. that. That's the best. Like, there's not, like, more or less, like, Tony Stark, for the majority of the movie, is just, like, cut off from his suits or whatever. And he's just like, all right. I'm going to be, like, a dick to everybody. Because that's what... I, and it's so entertaining when I that's do that. That's what he's good at. Yeah. And it was good. It was good. I went through that. That was good. But Winter Soldier... Again, so Iron Man 3 was kind of like this 80s, this weird like 80s cop movie type thing going on. Winter Soldier was like a 70s conspiracy movie. Oh, man. And getting like Robert Redford in it is just perfect, right? Are you spoiling things? I didn't know Robert Redford was in it. Should I have? I don't know. You should, I mean, he's in, he's in all the trailers and everything. I don't watch TV or see any movies. Yeah. Robert Redford was great casting. Um, and the, well, the thing here, I'm going to quote what The Verge wrote in there's, there. There's no Re- foot game on right now, so I don't watch TV. Gotcha. Go ahead. The Verve. Yeah. The Verve pipe. The Verge. The, Ver, the Verge review of Winter Soldier. Bittersweet Symphony. Quote it here. Um. That I think this is this this really hit the nail on the head for me. What was so great about this movie, <clears throat> or at least enjoyable? Great is a weird word, but it says keeping in line with the '70s aesthetic, the Russos largely pull back from the overuse of computer-generated imagery, and it pays off wonderfully. 
An early chase scene with cars smashing into one another and cartwheeling in flames is one of the best action sequences we've seen in any Marvel film. The sound design is a particular standout. The chunk of Captain's shield on cement cutting through the mix. And the result is action that actually feels dangerous for once. Marvel movies have never skimped on fights or pyrotechnics, but their lead characters rarely feel like they're at risk. That changes completely into Winter Soldier, to an almost unbearable degree. See, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like, it's like what they do right with the action is they add this real element of suspense to it all. Well... Like, and they architected these scenes, like... Well, the real element of suspense is that there are real cars actually smashing into each other. Right. And they're, they're... See, they're tapping into something there where... You know, you can have these elaborate, you know, Transformer-esque, like, epic scenes or, like, the uh, Pacific Rim-type shit where, you know, buildings are falling over and machines are smashing through streets and down into and cement blocks are falling. Well, guess what? If, if you crash into the street and, like, fall into a subway station and you bring, like, 200,000 metric tons of concrete down on a on a cave full of people basically probably 6,000 people are going to die horrible horrible deaths and you don't see that so they scaled it back a little bit and they have cars smashing into each other and it's not CGI it's just actual cars metal on metal actually hitting each other that comes across. You know, the the violence gets too epic. It just no, becomes exactly. inaccessible. No, exactly. Inaccessible. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy that sometimes. Well, I definitely don't enjoy it when it becomes inaccessible. Like, that is the Michael Bay theory, right? And that's why, like, his Transformer movies, I just cannot, ultimately, I cannot enjoy them. As much as I am wired to like a live-action Transformers movie... Can't can't get even the first one. There's nothing there for you. I mean, the first one, I can kind of at the time I was like, yeah, all right, it was cool. They were transformers, but like the action scenes were just the cuts were so quickly. It was impossible to tell what was happening. Yeah, and it was like, just too frenetic, too many cuts. Like what was going on, and like, like, like versus something like what we had in Winter Soldier, which is like, okay, here's a setup, right? Like, we have a guy over here, and there's, like, three guys over here, and this guy has a gun, and this guy's shooting here. Like, you understand what's happening. Like, they take the time to show you. Right. And just from the, the like, natural spatial language, you understand, right? Like, as this guy is getting closer, it's like the time is ticking down until he is going to, like, walk into the line of fire and then get shot. Like, it has right. that kind of suspense to it. Well, and Not like- just, like... And and even while having huge action scenes, right? And that's one of the things that also works. Like, okay, like there's a lot of scenes in this movie and action scenes where it's like, okay, there's going to be some type of like battle, right? But it's not like, it's maybe almost more real where it's like, okay, this like group of commandos is going to come in to like fight Captain America or something. It's not just like a bunch of guys with guns like pew pew shooting. Like, no, they all have like automatic weapons just firing constantly. like imagine that right and like okay like what the fuck is he gonna do like why well, he's just gonna like be gunned down like there's that no happens like a lot 
in movies where automatic weapons come in and they just hold the trigger down and just fire constantly. You're saying that know. didn't happen in this movie or it did happen? In well, I'm saying movie. it did happen. I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of times... Yeah, I realize how I'm kind of contradicting myself in some way. Um, I but think I, I, the difference is there's a spatial logic in a setup and you can follow it, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, even yeah. something that uh, Christine said, which was that... You know, because a lot of times, like she often says, how there's an action scene, just she just kind of tunes it out because it's just like, right. okay, just a bunch of stuff is happening. I don't know what's happening, right? And I know what she feels like. I think I have a higher tolerance, or maybe I'm willing to like invest more of myself to figure out what's happening. It's than like she your is. brain clicks over into a different thing, and it's like, okay, now I'm just watching the work they put into the special effects. Okay, watch that, and then okay, now right. I click back into plot. Right. But, like, when it comes, like, I mentioned Transformers. Like, that's what I get. I'm like, I don't understand what actually happened. There was a bunch of explosions and robots rolling around on the ground and things. And an arm gets ripped off. I'm like, I'm not even sure which guy is the good guy and which guy is the bad guy. Like, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Um, whereas this was, no, you understood. I, I don't know. They they took the time to, it was it was set up in such a way that... It was just kind of the classic action where it's like, okay, like here's the setup, right? You have point A and point B and point C, and you have to get from A to C without hitting B. Like, you know, can he can he do it, and what's the consequence? I don't you, know. You, you, it, the action can be intense and even over the top sometimes, but you keep, I guess you keep the geography and the movements and the goal small and you focus on the small things like you said there's pieces of lead flying at high velocity and you must avoid those whereas like in transformers it's the kind of movie where okay i'm gonna run from here across the street and 100 yards down there cover me and then they run and it's like okay now is the time when the bad guys point their guns right behind your feet and they go pip 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 behind you, and you know that's what's going to happen because nobody ever just shoots you dead when you try to run from here to there across the open street because you told the guy to cover me. So that's that's the one thing. But then, like Richard Ashcroft was saying as he wrote in that article, his shield hits the concrete, and it sounds like a piece of metal smashing into concrete. And to me that's a bigger deal. And that's right. kind of that's what I was trying to get at with like, you know, giant robots like knocking over entire buildings in Los Angeles. Like you just killed 20,000 people. You don't see any of that. Having one person like get a really bad gash on their forearm, but like see it and have it happen because one brick fell from very high and fell onto their forearm and now you are with that person and they have to figure out how they're going to like maneuver their way through this war zone with this hand that's almost dangling now that's more impactful than giant robots knocking over entire buildings oh yeah without a doubt well it's almost like the action equivalent of um how so okay so, two movies that I don't necessarily like. So, let's talk about them then. Two series, right? <laughs> one, is the Star, one is the Star Wars prequels, 
Uh, well, that's three movies, right? Right. So I'm going to mention two trilogies that but I don't you just like. lump them in together. That's fine. And I'm, yeah. I'm on Star board. Star Wars with that. prequels. The yeah, second fine. is the Lord of the Rings movies. Which I realize that's kind of like. You're asking for it a little bit there. I'm asking for it there, but I'll tell you. Yeah, but you a never read the thing. books. It's the same reason I don't like both of them. You never read those books, though. So you don't count. Your opinion doesn't count. Yeah, my opinion might not count. That's fine. Although, I'll tell you what, I tried to read the book and I didn't like the book for the same reason I didn't like the movies and the same reason I don't like the Star Wars prequel. And the and same reason you don't like Frozen. There's too much goddamn singing. There is too. It is like. It's kind of like reading the Bible. And, and then it's like, here is an account. Here is like a historical account of a bunch of stuff that happened. Like, here is an, a historical account of how the Jedis all died and Anakin became Darth Vader and the Emperor took over. Here is a historical account of how there was this, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Did you ever Sauron try to read? took over the doodad and everyone, you did know. Did you ever try to read The Fellowship of the Ring or did somebody... Like with an exacto blade, sort of like slice off the cover of the Silmarillion, and then slice off the cover of the Fellowship of the Ring, and then attach the cover of the Fellowship of the Ring so to I know the Silmarillion, and then you tried to read the Silmarillion, thinking it was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Is that what happened? Perhaps no. Did a host of Balrogs come and assault Morgoth? That much is possible. Well, then you read the Silmarillion. Now we saw one. So to close the loop on this, okay. I was just getting warmed up. All right, continue, please. I'm done. I'm done. All right. To close the loop on this, Mm. the same reason those things I have trouble with them because they don't have the human element. They're not about people on the ground, like the original Star Wars trilogy was about, like, a group of people, this handful of people, right? And they happened to be set in this, like, time of rebellion, but it wasn't about the rebellion. We don't understand who the players are or the politics of the rebellion or the, the, the you know, the economic factors that were in a play or anything like that. It was really just about these people, right? Like, this dirty guy on this dirty ship and this kid on a planet. Like, that's what it was about. So I think I'm just relating that to, again, there's an action like analog to that where, again, okay, we're like documenting the destruction of these buildings because it looks cool, but we're not giving you the actual story of the guy on the ground that it was, you know, affected by this and now has to deal with, like you said, he has to like make it like six blocks with his hand dangling or whatever. See, that's tricky. That's tricky, though, because it's all about the story and... In to me, in some ways, the guy with his hand dangling, trying to make it the six blocks through the war zone, if maybe it's just, if you're into that sort of thing, that is the story of the politics behind the rebellion, if it's Star Wars. Well, now, I know it, they tried to do that in the prequels, but let's, that is yeah. not a fair example. Um, and this is why, like, you know, people will send me hateful letters for this but that's why i liked atlas shrugged is like i liked seeing all the layers of power and like unraveling them piece by piece by piece and like seeing 
like ha- having that story of like peeling it back and seeing where it all goes. I liked yeah. that. So you're talking about liking the book. Yeah, the book. Not the movie. Well, I mean, I only liked the movie in so much as like, you know, 10 minutes worth where I could visualize, like see pictures that I And I'm talking from about the like the current movie. Like, wasn't there some movie from... What, an earlier one? Like, some old... Like, I'm talking like the 2011 Atlas Shrugged. I did watch it. It was not good. But... Yeah. A couple of moments where it's like, I just wanted to see a thing that I had read about, and that was it. Which is, like, I don't know. The only reason, like, the prequels have any value, the Star Wars prequels now is you'd heard about things that had happened. You just literally wanted to put your eyeballs on them. If nothing else, you had that. Maybe it was almost worse because it was surrounded by a shitty movie, but I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. uh, Ben of the USA is going to be very thrilled that we mentioned Star Wars. So, Who is? Ben of the USA. All right, good. Uh, Yes, speaking of... For Ayn Rand, I don't know. I really want to even get into this. I don't want to be the person that says Ayn Rand, but is it Ayn Rand? I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't know either. So I just take the safer Ayn, but it could be Ayn. Say it like this. Say it like this. Like Ayn Rand. Say it that way. Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. So I think the movie I was thinking looking at IMDb was The Fountainhead. Oh, no. There was a 1949... Oh, jeez. Starring Gary Cooper. Wow. The uh, production of The Fountainhead. He doesn't do shit. Um, Or does he? I don't know. Isn't he a cowboy most of the time? Yeah. Well, one, I don't know. The, yeah, Ayn Rand, I have trouble with. You don't like her objectivism? I'm not a fan of the objectivism. I'm even more, less of a fan of... Everyone that I've ever met that was really into objectivism. <laughs> Have you that met people that true. are really into objectivism? Yeah. And Seriously, then, you and, know people? Like, that's a thing? Is that an actual thing? Oh my god, there's a lot of people that are really into that. Yeah. Shut up. They're really into this whole thing. Like, it's like their Bible, right? Would you stop it? You know, and I, it's not safe to say. As I'm thinking through, there's definitely some people that I'm a fan of that are into objectivism. So I again, it's really hard to paint things with such a broad broad, broad brush. You're not into it though. You're but what not I will say it. is I'm definitely not into it. Mark Pellegrino, he he makes waters, right? He, a, he no? is the blonde tree horn thug. Oh, uh Jacob from Lost. Yeah. Okay. I you know ha- him. Unfollow him. Oh, he's too. He goes objective. on and on about Anne Rand. Anne Rand. Anne Rand. And he's like, "Here's this link. Read this. It'll blow your mind." Boy, that's, I don't know. That's horrible. And I'm like, "Oh, that's intolerable." I can't. Ugh. No, that's awful. I mean, I enjoyed Atlas Shrugged and all. I didn't realize that there was a whole world surrounding it. I mean. Well, people are really into it, right? Because they think that's, like, what's happening, like, right? I, and they think, yeah, that's really going to happen. Like, who is John Galt? Like, people, like, 
you know, that's like a movement. That's not well, movement might be giving it too much credit, but you know, like people are like, yeah, like, you know, all these people, it's like the 1%. Oh, you're trying to persecute the 1%. Well, they're just going to take all their stuff and leave and you're all going to be screwed because they're like the smart ones that are making the world go. Oh, is that what it's, what it's about? That's what it's about. But John Galt wasn't a one percenter. He never even really had a job that paid more than barely above minimum wage. I thought it was more about like, you know, if if you put the work in and you, you know, dedicate yourself to doing a thing, you will succeed. But don't let, you know, people try to leech off of you sort of thing which yes you leech know, off of you as in force you to pay taxes yeah maybe there's that to it i guess that's well that's what it means nowadays right hmm. yeah pretty much okay paying some taxes i'll pay some taxes yeah well i nope. mean i think the whole idea so right so in atlas shrugged well, that's the whole idea, right? Atlas is holding up the world. Right. Shrug it off. Get but off then it stops because they're like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, in essence, these people, right? The people that are the key people that keep society going are in essence disappearing because they're all going off to live in some like colony John Galt created or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, pretty much. Yeah. So that's the whole idea, right? Like that's the the allegory. People... But they weren't always the people in charge or always the richest people. They were just the smartest people. Which, uh, you know, I can... I want to go to a place where it's only people that I agree with (laughs) all the time. And I never have a conflict with anyone. That'd be nice, you know. I wouldn't mind that. Imagine the worst person you have to deal with in your life. And then not having to deal with that person anymore. Well, it depends on who's, why is that person the worst person? Because that person is a leech or you just disagree with them or something. Does it matter? Well, because I think those are two different things happening in Atlas Shrugged. Well, I, well, and what I'm, I'm thinking of, why are we talking about this? (laughs) I don't know, man. We should really, the thing is we're talking about all this and this was such a rich minute too. I know. The and even the dude is like, he's concerned about paying his taxes. He says, like, you know, my concern is, and I have to check with my accountant, but this might bump me up into a <laughs> you right. know, higher tax bracket. But if you've already got the check made out, that's cool. That's cool. You know, but meaning he was going to just try to keep the cash and not claim it. Exactly. So, so he actually was trying to avoid taxes. Because he read uh, he was a bit of a random in, you know, 70s, whenever it was, maybe on tour with Metallica. He's a, mm-hmm. bit, he's a bit randy. The dude's a bit randy, Brad. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't do any questions for our quiz. Have we given up already? Nobody gives a shit, so we just stop? If someone wants the... So horrible. If someone wants the t-shirt, just write us and ask for it. We'll send it to you. <laughs> but don't they have to answer at least one question? Can't All they right, just one, answer one? Yeah, answer one question. 
Why don't we do one question here to close it out? Let's do one question. Come on. Let me bring this up. Did you like the first Captain America movie? Um, I actually did. I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I liked it. It I didn't think it was... worked. And maybe part of it was the what? payoff, the expectation ratio. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, how is this going to work? But they made it work. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't awesome by any means, <clears throat> right? <coughs> uh, no, but it was... You, you mean, let me know when you're okay, and then yeah. we can... I mean, as part of the this whole universe, right? I'm just in awe of how like they made this universe. There's been eight movies so far. Do you need to take some time? <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> Wait, eight movies? Are you saying that Iron Man... Oh, it, it does cross over with What's-His-Nuts because they were in the Avengers, right? Yeah, they're all in the same universe. They mention each other one. Like, there's references. Like, in the first um, Captain America, that was Howard Stark, Tony Stark's father, that like built his shield. Oh, wow. Boy, see, comic book people are pissed at me now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, there was eight movies. There was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier. That's nine. Wow. Did I miscount? I don't know. You may have counted one of the Captain Americas twice. Yeah. There's three... I might have. There's three. Um, there's three Iron Man movies. Right. Two Captain Americas. Two Thors. Two Thors. One Incredible Hulk. The other Hulks don't count. No, they're not part of this okay. shared Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Duh. Right. Of course. Of course. Then there's an Avengers. So three. All right. Two. So nine. Two. That's nine. You got it right. Yeah. So it's actually it's the ninth movie. And there's more on the way. Guardians of the Galaxy is coming in August. Now, a movie that I enjoyed, surprisingly, was Thor, the first one. I didn't see the second one, but I was like, oh, that was, that was funny. I liked that movie. I enjoyed it. A lot of people are really yeah. down on Thor for some Why? reason. I thought it was funny. I thought it worked. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, again, these Marvel movies, what they've done. And I think what they maybe have shifted from... But the way they started, definitely in this kind of what they call the phase one, is they're very... They did such a great job of making movies that are just fun. They're just fun. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. I beg of you to answer that question. Nothing's wrong with that. You must be a fucking nihilist if you think something's wrong with that. Alright, I, I got a question here. I got a question. Oh, I just got a... Make sure I'm on the the right question because, um, you know, basically we're a bunch of fucking amateurs, Brad. Um, let's see. Did we only ask one question last episode? Is that correct? No, I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's correct. We asked we asked some questions that I think were, or did we ask two? I'm gonna start with this one. I I don't think we've asked it yet. And this will be question <laughs> 11. Uh, question 11. What is the dude's landlord's 
name. What is the dude's landlord's name? So there you go. You got one question this episode. Damn you. We'll also accept a uh, a, a second selfie? question. It's an essay question. <laughs> Minimum of 500 words. All right. What is the words. meaning of Atlas Shrugged? So minimum 500 words. And I would say, even if you just answer that one, you're in the drawing. Definitely. Yep. All right. And then, you know, the way we're going to do this, I guess, you know, we should probably tell people, because I feel like we haven't been too forthcoming with the details, Brad. And thank you, Brad, for joining me. It's been nice. It's been a pleasure. But So the details of this quiz are... Basically, you contact us in any way and say anything. And then you're in a drawing to win a Big Lebowski t-shirt. And you can contact us by going to gutterballs.tv and hitting on the contact link or going to uh, searching uh, some something on Facebook. I'm not sure what. There's a Facebook link on the gutterballs.tv website. Twitter, at guttercast. Anything, any way. Please, Jesus, any way. You can do this. And then we get all the answers and we print them out onto pieces of paper and we cut them into little squares and we, we tie them up in a little ball with a little string around them and we throw them up on the... Boop deck. <laughs> Next time on Gutterball. I'm finishing my coffee.